Welcome to Quarantine in Quarantine, written and produced by Practical Fantasists. The Thirteenth Day of Christmas Tilden, my favorite scribe to whom I have recently given a raise, attend me now. We are in terrible peril. For the past 12 days, we've managed to put it off, but I'm not sure how much longer we can delay the inevitable. Are you listening? Um, no, my lord. It's a little hard to focus when you're gesturing dramatically with every word, and your cloak is about to knock over my scrolls. Oh, fine. I'll take the cloak off, and the decorative woolen collar, and the hat. It is a bit hot in this library for the full festive look anyway. It's not just the clothes, though the hat is a bit excessive. Please, either put the goblet and the candelabra down, or stop waving your hands about while you talk, sir. We may be in terrible peril, but there's no need to endanger the manuscripts as well. In that case... Ah, risk averted. These new goblets Gurren and Lefren gave me are marvelously useful, though far too easily emptied. Incredible how quickly guests go through the wine cellars. But you only had four guests this year, my lord. And as I say, it's incredible how quickly they went through the wine cellars. It's as bad as last time they were here. At least we had time to replenish them before we were snowed in. Why is it that every time I'm about to have a massive feast, the same four people turn up, and we end up trapped together within these castle walls? It's uncanny. I don't know. Speaking of castle walls, watch out for my model castle! Ow! <laughs> my eye! I almost lost my eye on that tower. What is this made of? Ivory? Lawyer's hearts? Extremely dull diamonds? No, sir. Just gingerbread. It's almost as solid as your own baking. But uh, I swear that wasn't my doing, sir. You know how I have been pursuing a no-food-stuff-in-the-library policy for years. Yes, let me guess. It was Elowan's idea. He's been having trouble filling the idle hours. Which brings me to the matter of our imminent peril. If this involves Elwan, is it too much to hope that the peril is of the merely physical kind? Alas, no, it's spiritual peril all the way. I've already prayed for a miracle, and we've since been beset by a snowy tempest, the likes of which this land has never seen. That sounds a little bit more like a curse. The last time we saw this much ice, it, it was a curse. That's a fair point, actually. One would have thought shoveling us out of endless accumulations of snow would have kept Elwan from pursuing his beloved traditions. But oh no, we've humored him every other year, so it's got to happen. Alas, if only Quarantan the 13th hadn't done most of the snow-clearing work already, the blizzard might have counted as a dubious blessing. Yes, perhaps I shouldn't have spent so much time playing fetch, though she did do a pretty effective job at trampling a clear path to the front gate. However, it did give me the chance to invent the game of treason. Yes, sir. Though we could all have lived perfectly happily without you encouraging our guests to tackle each other into snowbanks while shoving snow down each other's necks while also yelling, Treason! Nonsense! It was the perfect diversion. 
though I doubt even a bit of light-hearted treason will be enough to put Eloan off his plans much longer. Normally I would suggest setting a dragon on him, but... Grandmama had to cancel her visit due to the snow, in spite of the fact that it's only about as cold as her flinty heart and ghostly husband. And Precious, of course, is being grounded by Gurren and Lefren to stop him wreaking further havoc on my scriptorium. The poor creature hasn't quite grown into his wings. Yes, but flying off with Edmund was completely uncalled for. Now that that cat has known true flight, he keeps jumping off of things and onto people. And also onto desks. You managed to spill my red ink all down the hall. Nolwyn came in as I was clearing it up, and she thought I was trying to hide a body. As opposed to today, when we're trying to hide two bodies, both alive. What would my ancestor, Corintan V, also known as Corintan the Strategically Soused, do? We could try stacking these volumes of dubious magic in front of the door. That might just buy us enough time to come up with a distraction. My goodness, these tomes are hefty! Sir, uh, a moment. No, no, not that one. I need it. That's the one with the general counterspell that might finally rid us of the small flurry of floating blue sparks that have been drifting around the castle and the grounds, getting into everything and emitting sneezing sounds. Ah, yes, I was wondering what we were going to do about that. It's a terrible shame Brannock sneezed mid-incantation. Yes, a hot spell seemed like such a good idea at the time. Though, in hindsight, we could have just put more logs on the fire. The sparks aren't dangerous as far as I can tell, but the hellhound chasing them along the corridors definitely is. I've been nearly flattened three times today. Well, that's the lot of them. Not that I wish to tempt fate, but it would take the peasant's battering ram to get through these stacks. <laughs> <laughs> or ghosts. Oh lord, don't tell me they're here to... Serenade us with a Christmas carol. Brace your ears to them. <laughs> Is it just me or do they make the room much colder? Perhaps. It's also snowing again, sir. Thank God Nolan brought her warming drafts. Would you like some? Or maybe we really should try that hot spell, only without the sneezing. I don't know how I would have survived these last 12 days without these drafts. They're tasty, too. The last one I drank was almost exactly the same flavor as the mead. Are you sure you didn't just drink the mead, sir? Either way, it did the trick. Of course it did, sir. I did try to warn Lafren against recruiting the Oubliette crowd as carolers. They can't carry a tune to save their lives. You mean souls, sir? Yes, that. But we didn't have many other options, since Charche the Bard never turned up, though I hired him for a song. Usually a Twelfth Night Feast is supposed to have live musicians, not the off-key caterwauling of half a dozen spirits. Accompanied by Lord Gurren's surprisingly melodic lute music. Speaking of off-key caterwauling, it sounds as though the latest treason game is going well. No, that would be Lord Gurren flinging himself from the battlements into the snowbank. The first time it was out of necessity since the front gate was blocked, but now I think he just does it for fun. 
Well, as long as he and the others are outside and we're in here, I don't see how Eloan can track us all down. Coronta? Brannock, what are you doing at the window? Levitating? What? No, I clambered over the snowbank. The snow is up to the second story. Why is the door barricaded with books? And a model castle? Is that gingerbread? Shh, not so loudly. Quickly, get in. We're hiding from Elowan in his game of... Actually, it was Elowan who sent me. To let you both know that we're starting... Oh god, I should have known every time you've knocked on my door, it's been a harbinger of doom. Between the great stotification, the abominable snowstorm, and now this... But I didn't knock at the door this time. And besides, I'd hardly classify those acts of God in the same category as a game of- But how did you know that we were here? Oh no, it was the ghosts, wasn't it? Yes, after they'd finished singing at us. Those loose-lipped traitors! And I suppose everyone else has already been rounded up. Yes, Elouan took us by surprise out in the grounds. Couldn't you have treasoned with him? By then it was too late, and he lured us into a snow trap with the promise of warming drafts. If he weren't already a permanently employed craftsman, he'd make a startlingly good bandit. I wondered why you were so snow-covered. Nolwyn tried to distract him with her goriest ghost story. The one about the carpenter who didn't listen to her advice and became a lonely undead. But Elouan just started telling anecdotes of his own. Oh god, you poor creatures. That is a fate worse than death. In short, he insists we can't start without you. So we either join the others for a game and some warming drafts, or we leave them to the mercy of his rambling anecdotes. Also, I thought you might want to know that he has already told us how you mistook the King of Ireland for a wolf when you were courting the King's nephew's daughter's cousin. How there was a lot of rolling around and scratching his- All right, all right, say no more, I'm coming. Come snow, meddlesome magic! and relentless anecdotes, there is no escaping the annual and inevitable castle game of silently acting things out and getting everyone else to guess them. Someone should really find a shorter name for it. Or, without a name, maybe it will be forgotten by future generations. Thank you for listening to Quarantine in Quarantine, featuring David Lone as Quarantine, Aaron Scothorn as Tazan and the Ghostly Gathering, and Karen Murray Burquist as Brannock. This episode also featured the distant screaming of Chris Langdon as Gurren. The episode was written by Aaron Scothorn and Karen Murray Burquist, and the music was written and performed by Sophie Resnick. You can find us on Instagram at Quarantine and Quarantine, or support us by donating to our coffee page through the link below. We are also featured on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please like, subscribe, leave a review, and share the love. We wish you all a happy new year! <laughs>